welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So if you would, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And we're going to pray a prayer as soon as you turn to 1 Corinthians 8. I'd like you to just repeat it with me. If you're there in 1 Corinthians 8, just hold your finger there. Um, Say this with me. We're going to pray it together. Say this. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you, grant me according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in my inner man that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith, that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. Thank you, Father. It's happening. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, I want you to notice verse 2. 1 Corinthians 8, 2. The Bible says, If any man thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. This is an area where the devil trips people up. People know a few things in their mind, can quote a few scriptures, and they think that's it. Let's go on to the next subject. That's it. Let's see what fresh new revelations are out there. That's it. Got it. Well, here's the newsflash. If you aren't experiencing 100% of the freedom and the victory that certain scriptures talk about, you don't know it like you could know it, and you don't know it like you should know it. For instance, tonight we're going to talk some more about love is the answer. And last week we talked about, well, if love's the answer, what's the question? And if you want to know the questions, read, uh, go back on the archives and listen to it. It's free on the website. But what we're going to talk about tonight some more is we're going to talk about three words that probably everybody in this room is going to go, I know that. But what did we just read? If any man thinks he knows anything, he doesn't know it yet like he ought to know it. So here's the three words. You ready? God loves you. Oh, I know that, Pastor. But you don't know it like you could know it. And the reason, the reason we had to go to this scripture, because if you think you know this, you won't be in the seeking mode. And Jesus said, if you seek, you find. If you're just in the kickback, I know everything, gosh, I wish Pastor preached something else, you won't be in the seeking mode and you won't be able to receive because the Lord didn't say, listen and you'll find. He said, you got to seek and you'll find. If you think you know it, you won't be in the seeking mode. So just realize there's a lot about those three words we don't know yet. And the more we know about those three words, the sweeter our life will be. The sweeter people around us will be glad. They'll be glad that we know. We'll be glad that we know. There's something about getting a deep revelation of those three words that will heal your body. 
Because the more we understand how much the Lord loves us, the easier it is to trust Him for things that we need. And the more ridiculous it is to think that Him not answering our prayer is part of His will. You know, some things become absolutely ridiculous to you when you know how much God loves you. For instance, it's absolutely ridiculous to me to think God may ever want me sick for some weird reason. That's absolutely a ridiculous thought. It's a cut to the love of my father. And I, we said last week, you know, I said, well, what about those people that learned great lessons when sickness came? What about those people that got right with God when sickness came? Well, that's not God's way of teaching. Sickness is not God's way of t teaching. Although it could be man's way of learning. If they choose to wait to their own bottom to look up, that's man's choice, not God's way. Sickness has never been God's way of teaching. But at times it has been man's way of learning. But that's man's choice, not God's will. If we wait till we're on bottom before we look up, that's our choice, not God's way. So don't ever think just because something good came out of a, a person that was sick, they got their life right with God. Don't think that God sent the sickness so that that would happen. He was there all along. You okay down there? You okay? <laughs> um, you know, we, we can look up whenever we choose to. And if people wait till they're in the hospital, but ready to have open heart surgery to get their life right with God, that's man's choice, not God. They could have chose to go to God when their heart was beating fine. But the more you realize how much the Lord loves you, the more you realize how ridiculous it is to think he wants you poor. It's like all in proportion to your knowledge of knowing how much he loves you. The more you realize how much God loves you, the more you realize they ain't no destructive storm that's some act of God. I just, ooh, when I hear people say, oh, that tornado or that hurricane was, you know, the insurance will cover you for this, but it won't cover you for an act of God. That's no act of God. Jesus calmed storms when he was on the earth, not caused storms. One time the disciples said, Lord, these people over here in Samaria, we just need to call fire down on them. They're not receiving you, Lord. We just need to. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're yielding to, guys. He said, the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives. He came to save men's lives. God's not a child abuser. There is a devil. Man does make wrong choices. Why are we blaming God for all this stuff? Right. And you know, you know something? A lot of people blame God for things that he didn't do because they don't have enough humility to admit, maybe I need to learn to pray a little better. Maybe I need to learn what faith is a little bit more. Have a little humility for goodness sake. Why blame God for something? Maybe we need to grow a little bit. See, we take church serious here in Faith Heights Church because there's some things people don't know and they're perishing because of it. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You don't have to be bad. Just don't know some things and you can be destroyed. So Corinthians says, if any man thinks he knows anything, you know, like God loves you, I know that. But do you know it like you could know it? So now turn with me to, first, excuse me, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And we're talking about love is the answer. And what I mean by that is growing in knowing how much God loves us and loving others is the answer to so many problems right now in people's faith life and their prayer life and their married life and their social life and their spiritual life. Just growing in, in these two areas, knowing how much God loves you by looking at these scriptures long enough till they actually change you, you know, just know them, you know. And releasing that same love toward others as you walk through this earth. 
Growing in those two areas of love is the answer to so many problems, so many questions. Why am I still depressed? How come I still got this nagging addiction? Why am I ever going to get free? Why haven't I got healed yet? Growing in love does wonders for your faith. Growing in love does wonders for your boldness. And I want you to notice in John chapter 11, in verse 40, I'm going to apply this to our teachings. Jesus is about ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. Do we have the scripture? John 11:40, please. It says here, Jesus said unto her, Martha, Martha, didn't I say unto you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God? So what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, listen, your brother's dead, right? I, all right, he's been dead for four days, right? And you're, you're crying, you're weeping, it's a drag. I, I hear you, I feel for you. But he said, Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'd see the glory of God? And he raised Lazarus from the dead after he was dead for four days. Decomposion started to set in. And Jesus raised him from the dead. He came forth and he was alive. And they weren't sad anymore. But here he's saying, guys, listen, I've been teaching you this over and over again. He said, didn't I say to you? See, he taught this a lot. He said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'd see this thing turn around? Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'd see the glory of God? What, what's the glory of God? Well, one thing it is, is dead people rising from the dead and being healed of whatever killed them. Right. So when you hear about the glory of God in manifestation, one of the things that means is dead people rising and whatever killed them, they're healed of. Yeah. It includes healing. Yeah. And Jesus said, if you believe, you'd see the glory of God. I want you to look at this in light of the love of God. Um, before we go to 1 John, I'm going to quote it to you, and then I'll, you can read it with your own eyes. The Bible talks about knowing the love of God and believing in the love of God. And you, tell, you can tell which one you're strong in when the pressure's on. Knowing the love of God doesn't set you free from worry. But believing in the love of God does set you free from worry. There's a knowing in the crisis of life, and then there's a total leaning on. What are you going to lean on in the crisis of life? Just what you know or what you believe? Now, I want you to notice this. So in John eleven forty, what if we said it like this? How much of God's love are we going to see in our lives? According to Jesus, according to the level that you believe in his love. If you believe, you're going to see. See what? Well, whatever you're believing for. Some people believe God loves them enough to be with them in trouble. And they sense his presence in the battle. Some people believe God loves them enough to get them out of the trouble. And according to Jesus, they see deliverance, not just his presence with them while they're in pain. So, turn, so did you see that? If you believe, you're going to see something. So we need to go from knowing to believing. As well as deeper in knowing, we also need to go from knowing to believing. So look at 1 John 4, 16. I told you we'd go there. 1 John 4, 16, the Bible says, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. 
Am I going too fast for our overhead projectionist? You don't have that one? It's just King James. Everything okay back there? And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that lives in love lives in God and God in him. We quoted this at the beginning of the series, but I want you to notice that knowing isn't believing. For one, for one way you can tell, knowing is K-N-O-W-I-N-G. Believing is B-E-L-E-I-V-I-N-G. <laughs> I-E-V. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Um, so, so they're spelled totally different, so they must be a little different. Knowing isn't believing, and one can't take the place of the other. As a matter of fact, you can't even believe until you know, but knowing isn't believing. And I wanted to say that to you because um, when you really believe in the love of God, you can actually smile during a test. Knowing the, that God loves you may not put a smile on your face, but believing that God loves you, that'll put a smile on your face, even though it looks like you're going to be destroyed if God doesn't show up. Because you know He's going to. You believe in the love of God. God loves it when we believe in His love for us. It gives Him a right to show up for us. Jesus said, if you believe, you're going to see. Well, if we believe God loves us this much, what are we going to see according to Jesus? We're going to see that He loves us that much. If we believe God loves us this much, what are we going to see and experience? That much of His love in our lives. Is that correct? So let me say this. I'm going to read some things to you that we've talked about in the past that I really want you to, to think about these things. Let them sink into your heart. If you can't write them down, please listen to the archive later because if we don't and you forget this, we all wasted our time tonight. We got to go beyond God loves me no matter what happens to me to God loves me so much that he keeps me from all evil. I'm say that again. We've got to go from God loves me no matter what happens to me. We've got to go from that to God loves me so much that he keeps me from all this evil even happening to me. See, well, I just believe God loves me no matter what happens. What are you going to see? You're going to see that he loves you and you're going to go through a bunch of stuff you probably didn't have to go through. Or you can come up and say, you know what? I don't just believe God loves me so much, He loves me no matter what happens. I believe He loves me so much that He keeps me and protects me from this junk, from destroying me and scarring me. Well, according to Jesus, what are you going to see? Whatever you believe is what you're going to see. I believe God loves us so much He can protect us from all the evils of this present world that other people are going through. I believe God loves us so much we can fly like an eagle above the storm. Not just not die and go through the most crazy turbulence of our life. You know? So turn to Psalm 91, verse 15. Psalm 91, 15. I know I'm going kind of quick, but I, I want them to, I want you guys to see this because our time is limited. So put up Psalm 91, 15. God's talking to us through this psalm. Um, you know what, I'm just going to start reading it out of the scriptures here. Go ahead, get it up there as quick as you can, guys. I'm not sure if there's a problem back there. It's okay, don't worry about it. We love you. Everything's going to be all right. But I'm going to just go ahead and read from the scriptures here out of my own Bible, which I need to do more of anyway. 
Verse 15, God said, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Now there's, there's something you can believe for, right? I believe God loves me enough to be with me in trouble. And guess what? If you believe, that's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to see. He's going to be with you in trouble. But then he says, I'll deliver him out of the trouble. Hmm, I wonder if you believe for that, if you'd see that. Some people believe God loves them enough to be with them in trouble, and that's what they see. Other people believe God loves them enough to deliver them from the trouble, and that's what they see. See, some people think, well, why is God so good to them and didn't help them? It's not about God being a respecter person. Some people believed him for more, and they got to see more. That's all it is. God doesn't have any favorites. He's just able to do more for us the more we believe him for things. It's very interesting, but we don't get things just because we need them and want them. We get things because we believe God's that good to meet that need. Very important. Um, I want you, please, to go back to 1 John 4, 16. 1 John 4, 16. And I do want to say our, our projectionist is doing a great job back there. Sometimes there's technical difficulties and... and um, this tech, I don't think all this technology has helped us that much, to be honest with you. Sometimes it's more of a pain. I think we should just bring our Bibles and read and forget about some things. But um, I'm thankful. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for these technology. I'm thankful for it, but I, I've leaned on it too much at times. And then when it doesn't work, it's kind of an upset. And sometimes you just think, we don't need it. But thank God for it. Amen. So 1 John 4, 16, the Bible says, We have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that lives in love lives in God, and God in him. So I'm praying about this. I'm seeking the Lord about this. And this kind of came to me, kind of help you locate yourself. Where are you? Where, where are you in your level of knowing God loves you? And where are you in your level of believing he loves you? Where are you? Well, I was thinking about that, and this is what I, I wrote down. You can know God loves you and be worried, but you can't believe he loves you and be worried. So worry is kind of a gauge to see, do I just know this or do I believe this? I mean, am I leaning on this in the crisis of life? And like, am I just putting my entire weight on the Lord that he's going to take care of this? Or am I still trying to fix it myself and worried about this and worried about that? So knowing God loves you, I think sometimes you can still be worried and know that he loves you. But I can't see how we'd be worried if we believe he loves us. That's why you're just going to take that step from knowing to believing. Knowing and leaning are two different things. You know, when you, when you believe, you're like leaning. And it's like, Lord, if you're not there, I'm dead. <laughs> but you're there, and I'm going to be all right. Um, let me, let me write, uh, say this to you. Knowing God loves you is one thing. Not being worried when turbulence hit is another. And I'm not talking about just in an airplane, the battles of life. Knowing God loves you is one thing. But not being worried when all hell breaks loose is another. One of them is knowing, one of them is believing. Isn't that good? Knowing God loves you is one thing, but not being worried when turbulence hits, that's a whole other deal. Now you're into a believing zone that's really good. 
I said this out of my heart a while back, and I'm going to say it again in front of the congregation. You should say it if it registers on your heart. I believe God loves me so much that the scriptures I'm standing on have to come to pass. You want to say that with me? Say this. I believe God loves me so much that the scriptures I'm standing on have to come to pass. It's kind of like if God don't come through and I'm standing on his love with all my being, then he don't really love me. But you know that'll never be the case. That'll never be the scenario. When you stand on his word and you stand on his love, there is nothing that could keep your victory from coming to pass because you're standing on his love. I love this scripture. And I'm not, you, you, they may want to put it up on the screen. It's Lamentations chapter 3. I think it's verse 24 and 25 or something like that. Um, I'm not sure those are the exact verses, but the Bible says, and I, I quote this almost every morning of my life. The Bible says, it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And as I'm quoting that, I, I say these words in, in prayer. I say, Lord, thank you. It's of your mercies that we are not consumed because your compassions fail not. And I, I like to say, Lord, <clears throat> I'm not consumed. I'm not consumed. I, I'm not destroyed because I fail not. I'm not destroyed because your compassions fail not. So I've failed many times, but you know what? I'm still not destroyed. You know why? Not because I've never failed, but because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. And then he goes, great is your faithfulness. And I was thinking, you know what? I can't be consumed any more than God can be unfaithful because all this is based on his compassion and his faithfulness, not on my perfect performance. You know, when it comes to fighting the good fight of faith, we, we got to watch out. It's not fighting to you know, to be 100% perfect in obedience. Or, or per it's about fighting the good fight of faith and believing so much in the love of God that even if we do fail, we still not, we're still not destroyed. Got to watch out about leaning on your good works, especially you've had a good month of good works, right? Um, look at 1 John 4, 18. Just a couple verses down. 1 John 4, 18, it talks about love uh, in how there's, there's really no room for fear if you're filled with love. It says there's no fear in love. So what if people have a fear problem? Maybe they need to grow in love, knowing how much God loves them and maybe walking in love more toward other people. Why? Because there's no fear in love. Perfect, or we could say complete love, somebody who's walking in love to the degree of their knowledge, there's, there's love, perfect love casts out fear. Why? Because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Isn't that interesting? So really sometimes people who have a fear problem need to think about growing in love, not just, you know, trying so hard to overcome fear. I wanted to say this. Worry is a choice. To believe something is greater than God's love for you. 
Worry is a choice to believe something is greater than God's love for you, like the problem, the storm, the betrayal, the hurt, the pain. Well, if worry is simply a choice to believe something negative, why don't we choose to believe something better about God's love for us and get out of the worry zone so God can help us? I'm going to say it again. Worry is a choice to believe something is greater than God's love for you. What's greater than God's love for you? Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, sickness, disease, fear, oppression, stuff that's run in the family. Nothing is greater than God's love for you. So how about we never believe something is greater than his love for us and get out of the worry zone once and for all? Everything I'm talking to you about today is not based on any good thing we've done. God loved us when we were sinners. God loved us when we weren't interested in him. Hmm? Church, let's listen to this, okay? If we have time, we'll get there. I'm, I'm running out of time here. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him won't perish, but have everlasting life. So God gave us Jesus, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to us to save us when we didn't care a thing about God. All we cared about was satisfying ourselves, living the way we felt like. And the Bible says, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us, and, and he, the, Lord, the Father sent him while we were still sinners. Okay, so just think about this for a second. If God didn't withhold Jesus while we were sinners, why would he withhold healing now that you're his child? Let me quote your scripture, Romans 8, 32. God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So sometimes people in this area of healing think, well, I don't know if God wants me healed. He already gave you something a thousand times better than physical healing. Why would he withhold healing? He already gave you something a thousand times better than physical healing. His own son to save you from hell. If he didn't withhold the best, why would he withhold the smaller? I mean, thank God. I mean, I was saying healing of a disease is small, but let's face it, it's, it's, it's way better to receive Jesus and be saved forever. No, he wants everybody healed. L let me tell you something about healing. A lot of people think that healing requires another prayer. You know, like, like let me put it this way. Some people don't really need to ask God for healing again. What they need to do is they need to resist the lie of the devil that says God has some purpose in you being sick. You know, that's a cut to the love of God towards you. What they need to do is rise up and, and just instead of saying, God, heal me, they need to read the Bible and find out he's already provided it and say, devil, I resist you. You're trying to tell me God has some purpose in me, his child being sick. That's a lie from the pit and I resist that. Get out of here. And you'll find healing shows up really quick when you start taking authority over sickness and just yeah. instead of just begging God to do something he's already done. This is midweek meat. We can handle this, right? L listen, if people, think, if people think it's God's will that they're sick, 
they don't know that how much they don't know how much God loves them like they should know. They, if anybody thinks it's the Father's will that they're sick, they need to get a revelation of what it really means that God loves them. Because the more you know God loves you, the more ridiculous those thoughts are that He might want you sick for some mysterious sovereign reason. He's a father, not a child abuser. Amen. Amen. But really, if you think about it, if you really think sickness and disease is somehow the mysterious will of God, then how dare you take medicine? How dare you try to get well? How dare you try to get healed? Why would you be fighting against the will of God? Let the thing run its course. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. See how ridiculous that is? Absolutely ridiculous. If you really think sickness is from God, how dare you go to the doctor and try to fight against the will of God? How dare you try to take medicine? We all know it is not the will of our Father God that we are sick with anything. Resist that stuff. Reject it. Cast it out. Thank God for your healing. Stand against disease. It's not from your Father. And if you really believed it was from your Father, what are you going to the doctor and trying to get healed for? If it's really, the sickness is really from God, how dare you go to the doctor and get healed? If it's really from God, just bear under it. Hope, pray for two doses of it. <laughs> Lord, send your will stronger. Smite me. No, 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 a thousand times. No, he loves you. There is a devil. There is a curse. There are diseases. And we need to stand against that stuff and resist it and say no to it and thank God for healing. It's a battle sometimes, but the Lord warned us. Um, okay, here's a couple things I want to read to you and we'll close here. It would be better to go to sleep trusting in God's love to work things out than to stay up half the night praying and worrying. See, we need to enter into rest. Watch out about fighting something you don't have to fight. Let me say it again. It would be better to go to sleep trusting in God's love to work things out than to stay up half the night praying and worrying. Now, sometimes I stay up listening to scriptures, you know, and, and resting and hearing the scriptures, letting them wash over my spirit, soul, and body. And especially if, I'm, if I've been fighting something. But to stay up half the night praying and worrying, just go to sleep. Trust your Father's love. And just remind yourself how much He loves you until you fall asleep. It does wonders for your health. How many people, listen closely, and I'm reading some notes from some past teachings here. This is really powerful. How many people have lost battles because they chose to worry over believing in the love of God? How many people have lost battles? Hmm? Because they chose to worry over believing in God's love for them. See, if we choose worry, that's not God not coming through for us. That's us choosing another route. You know, the Bible says if you really want to be successful in your prayer life, number one, don't worry about anything. King James says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. He says, if you really want your prayer life to be successful, numero uno, don't worry about anything because worried prayers don't do, don't do anything. It's the prayer of faith that saved the sick, not prayer. Faith's got to be there and worry is the opposite of faith. So choosing to stay in worry 
is man turning away from God's help, not God saying no to their prayer. Let's say that again. Okay. Choosing to stay in worry is man turning away from God's help, not God saying no to their prayer. We can turn away from the help of God in worry and complaining is a couple of ways you do that. Then people go, I don't know why God didn't answer me. Well, did you turn away from his help? Because getting into worry and complaining, especially when you know better, is turning away from his help. The reason God encourages us to believe, and the reason our church is called Faith Heights Church is because this is the way God designed the system. If you want to receive help from God, you're going to have to know how to believe. You're going to have to know how to have faith. You may think we teach on faith a lot, but you know why we teach on faith a lot? Because battles are coming and we want you ready. It didn't say take up the shield of goodness. It didn't say take up the shield of love. It didn't say take, and those are important in their place. It said take up the shield of faith when it comes to spiritual warfare and you'll quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We better know some things about that shield. Yeah. People go, I don't know why good people go down. I don't know why, have, why, why do good people go down? Why? Well, good people still have to lift up a shield too. Bullets are no respecter of persons. They'll shoot good people and bad people. It's who's got the shield up that matters. <clears throat> All right. Um, effective prayer starts with don't worry about anything. Go to um, one more scripture. and We'll close with this, please. Go to Romans chapter 8. And we need to get to the place where we don't even think about love not coming through for us. Right. We need to get to the place. We don't even think love might not come through for me. We don't even think 100 miles from that. What do you mean love might not? Devil's constantly trying to tell us, yeah, you know, um, God may have some reason in you being sick or God may have some reason, you know, you suffering in that pain. What's that? That's a cut to the love of our Father God. And we need to rise up and say, shut up, devil. My Father loves me and has only good in store. So Romans chapter 8, verse 37. And I think it's verse 37. Let's see when it's up there. Yes. Paul says, no, in all these things, and he talked about a bunch of terrible things in the previous verse. He said, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What's all this based on? Us overcoming and winning and being more than a conqueror. Is it based on us and our strong faith? It's primarily based on him that loved us. Yeah. So basically, we could say it like this. It's ridiculous to think that I might fail. God loves me. Yeah. <laughs> I like to put it like this. To think you might not make it through. Can you put the scripture back up, please? To think you might not make it through is to doubt his love for you. Say this. I refuse to doubt refuse. the love of God. I'm going to stay calm, rest in his arms. I'm not worried about being perfect. Of course I want to live right. But when it comes right down to it, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me, not through my perfect track record. To think I might not make it through is to doubt his love for me. We don't even think love's not coming through for us. So I'll leave you with this. Are you ready? Did God not come through for some people? Or did they stop believing in his love? 
did God not come through for some people? Or did those people stop believing in his love for them? The Lord loves us. And his love produces amazing things in our life if we'll not choose the worry and complaining route and stay with the God loves me route. How long, Pastor? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. Love will not let you go down. If you're holding on to love, the only way you can go down is if he goes down. How many think the Lord's going to go down someday? Never going down. Never. He's the most high and will always be the most high. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.